0: Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. This is our weekend preview. Newcastle face Manchester City this coming Friday. Newly crowned champions. So hopefully they'll have a hangover coming into this game. Newcastle can get three impressive points. Uh, John, they're coming into the game on the back of an impressive win against Leicester City, which all but confirmed their Premier League status. And of course, Burnley beat Fulham and Newcastle confirmed their place in the Premier League for another season. And we should be talking about just how positive that game against Leicester was. Four goals scored, they looked brilliant on the counter-attack, they defended really well. St Maximum had a quiet game, and yet other players stepped up, which I thought was really important. And, you know, the, uh, the feeling around Tyneside was really positive. And then Steve yep. Bruce, unfortunately, went on to talk sport, and for me, all arguably made the biggest mistake of his Newcastle management career. Now, that might be a bit of a stretch, but I think given how positive it was going into that Monday morning, and here we are talking about what Steve Bruce said and the whole ma- uh, mention of expectation, which is a you know the word no Newcastle United manager should ever use, um, it, it shows the effect it's it's had. And, and the positive narrative changed to a negative one and it really didn't need to.
1: No, I mean... Th- the whole thing was a nonsense, but Steve Boos has spent all this season and probably most of last putting his foot in it at a specific moment when the tide might have turned a tiny bit in his favour. It is an absolute nonsense. And, and one of the things that really irritates me and I think irritates Geordie fans is that um, all of a sudden when Newcastle are safe and they've just produced... A uh, very good result, backed by a good performance. It, it then goes smug and superior, and suggests that in fact the job is done as being quite outstanding, and. Uh, the expectations of the Geordies are far too high and this is a most difficult club to manage. Both those statements are absolutely outrageous and will outrage fans because, quite frankly, in the whole time Mike Ashley has been at St James's Park, the expectation, which is 14 years plus, the expectations of fans have been extremely low because we've known consistently that outside of that season when we finished fifth top, what sort of season we were in for under Ashley's um, uh, jackboot and the way he appointed and the type of managers he appointed, Raphael Part, Chris Hewton apart. I mean, it is ludicrous to talk about the expectations of Newcastle fans being high. The expectations couldn't be lower, and they're lower because Ashley's running the club and Steve Boos is manager of the club. So that is an absolute nonsense, as it is a nonsense to say smugly as well that... um, uh, he always knew that once Newcastle got the good players, the best players up top, his words, that this club would be perfectly all right, as if that's the only thing that's been wrong this season. And that is simply not true. I mean, I look quickly at the record after Steve Boosted, uh, and there's there's 11 games Newcastle played with Wilson in their side, And they still lost uh, four of those when both Wilson and San Maximum were in the side. And that included defeats at home to Brighton and away to Southampton, which are hardly momentous. I mean, Wilson played at Sheffield United, etc. It is... It is not down to, oh, I've just been terribly unlucky uh, because I didn't have my best players up top. And the minute we've got the best players up top, the real Newcastle United under me shows and everything's fine. The, The whole point is that Newcastle have been poor regularly this season, not because of who they've got up top, but because of the tactics it's been employed. It doesn't matter who you've got up top if your defensive line is in your own penalty area when it should be midway inside your own half and when you produce timid tactics meant not to lose as opposed to win and where you stifle individuals by the way you demand playing. It was only... When, I mean, the current situation is that Newcastle have only lost two games of the last 10, but equally they've only won four of the last 26. And that's because of what went on before. It was only in desperation when Newcastle United started to have their defensive line. Uh, halfway inside their own half instead of in their own penalty area and and therefore the launch of the counter attack Newcastle are totally a team built on counter attacking with the players they've got it, it was happening that much closer to the opposition penalty area instead of in their own penalty area it is abandoning in desperation the timid tactics that have put Newcastle in the huge mess they were in it's produced some results in this run-in to get us out of trouble. It is not the fact that Newcastle were just desperately unlucky not to have Wilson and San Maximum available. And the minute they were available, they were a magic wand and the t- true Newcastle come out. They were stifled regularly and Newcastle got poor results with Wilson in the side. Although, no doubt, after we've played Manchester City, and depending what happens in the last two games against two clubs already down, if the results aren't as we hope, the excuse of Wilson being missing will be trotted out again.
0: Hmm. We'll, we'll get onto that in just a moment. I mean, I'm still just utterly bemused at the fact that he used the word expectation. I mean, that is usually used by... Informed pundits who have got no idea of the ongoings of you know, Newcastle United, and I, I wrote this yesterday on on Chronicle Live that you know in Newcastle United is meant to understand what that comment will mean to Newcastle United fans, and if you're a fan, you don't need to understand because you share that hurt and that anger every time that gets wheeled out, and yet it's the head coach who said it, who claims to be a fan. It's it's you it it I it, just it's such a self inflicted blow, which just was not needed. And you talk about that Man City game there, John. Newcastle yeah. should be going into this game, you know, absolutely buzzing. Great performances against Leicester, which we'll talk about in a moment. Then Burnley beat Fulham to secure Newcastle's Premier League status. And they really should be going into this game, you know, high as a kite. And and the players may well be after how they performed on, on, a, on Friday against Leicester. But they're kind of out of the bubble in many ways because, you know... The anger that I'm talking about here, I think, is felt by most fans, or just just the whole bemusement of Steve Bruce going on national radio and, and, and saying what he said.
1: Well, well what, what he was doing, in, in his eyes, we, was confirming to the rest of the country, I mean, that was for consumption nationally as opposed to locally. And I'm not making an excuse here because it was an absolute, total disgrace, but what he was doing was sitting with people from the south, Talking about how unlucky Steve Bruce has been this season and pandering to their look at Newcastle from a distance, which is we are all a bunch of, uh, well, what Sam Jordan called us, mouthy Jordies, uh who uh, expect far too much of our club. And therefore, heap too much on the shoulders of somebody that in reality, has done a very good job, so the public image of uh, Steve Bush throughout the country was being substantiated in that national radio uh, program, but not here, where it is far too late to reverse a public opinion of of Steve Bruce, because it is embedded now after two seasons of standing still. It was outrageous to everybody up here, to everybody else in the country. It just substantiated that we are what we are, uh, greedy, desperately wishing to overachieve Geordies who don't know what's going on, which is an absolute nonsense, but it's (laughs) perpetrated by national reporters and, and by... Uh, alleged celebs talking about it whether it's uhbunglow or whether it's uh, um uh, clinton Morrison, whoever it is the of uh, Ferdinand they all sudden um, they all jump on the the Steve Bruce Uh, bandwagon without being up here and without knowing what the the feeling is on the ground up here. And it is an absolute nonsense because we haven't got great expectations. We've got anything but great expectations. And as for the, the other argument which was put forward, which this is a very difficult club to manage, I don't think that Kevin Keegan found it a difficult club to to manage. I don't think Sir Bobby Robson found it a difficult club to manage. And the only way Rafa Benitez found it a difficult club is because he he was willing to challenge Mike Ashley, and Mike Ashley didn't like that. And it is not a difficult club to manage. That is another myth. Um, that is perpetrated under the present regime. There are not great expectations up here and it isn't a difficult club to manage. It's it's only difficult if you make it so yourself. In
0: the interest of fairness, we are not saying Steve Bruce didn't deserve any credit for Friday. He deserved plenty of credit for that performance against Leicester. You got it absolutely spot on just as he deserves credit for turning it around after that Brighton defeat, which, at that point, it looked like Newcastle were only heading one way. It was a disgraceful performance, a really worrying defeat, and he's turned it around. You know, the the run of form of late has been absolutely brilliant. And that's the thing, John, which just confuses me even more, that on Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, even his harshest of critics, you know, the the fanzines, the, the fans who have really been on his back, were applauding him for getting it right and turning it around and leading Newcastle to safety, and for him to then just turn the narrative into something negative—it's just such a bad judgment call. Um, and I just, yeah, just. We'll, we'll move on to the Leicester game. Let's let's bring some positivity back into this conversation because it really was a fantastic result, a fantastic performance. We spoke obviously in the preview before that game when we were both feeling a little bit negative about it because it's Leicester City, great manager, some great talent on the pitch, chasing Champions League football. And Newcastle, just, especially the first half, just blew them away. It was a brilliant performance and I didn't expect it. I'm not sure you did either.
1: Not, not at all and there was no reason to expect it because only a week before against Arsenal, New, Newcastle United were abysmal. Um, they, they, They reverted back to nature. They were absolutely awful in a match that was there for the taking. And then one week later, they go to Leicester and they do everything they didn't do against Arsenal. They pressed high. They were on the front foot. They played with enthusiasm. They played with belief. And, you know, for me, for longer than just the first half, uh, Andrew, there were magnificent For 80 minutes, where Newcastle led 4-0 after 80 minutes, it was as near a perfect performance as you could get. I mean, I have never enjoyed uh, watching a match so much this season as I enjoyed us for 80 minutes at Leicester. Uh, It was absolutely marvellous, and it was the way that Newcastle fans crave Newcastle to play. I'd Um, even go further
0: than that, John. I think it was such a good performance. I can't really place a a performance of recent years. I mean, there's been a few entertaining games, you know, the the likes of Everton, the 3-2, when Pickford made a mess of it and such. And there's been other entertaining games but in terms of absolute dominance i mean you look at maybe bournemouth last year and then you look further back from that you know there's been very few games against top sides as well which is probably the important element when your castle have dominated and come out on top and to see them score four goals as well is you know in many ways it's a collector's item isn't it
1: oh without a shadow of doubt Um, and i mean it was exactly what we've been looking for and the reason for it, I believe, is is because the break was taken off. In desperation, Newcastle haven't produced. I mean, when they were playing mid-winter Newcastle, I mean, they, they had a, a shocking time in which they, in 11 games they had nine defeats and two draws because of the timid approach that was used during that period. And when I say in desperation, because that hadn't worked and what was left to do when they had a bit of a cushion because of the way the atrocious results picked up by the bottom three who were consistently losing, Newcastle could afford to have a little go. And and when they had a go, it was proved that they had they have players in the side, especially playing counter-attacking football, players with... Pace uh, in Callum Wilson and San Maximum, and two wing backs whose natural inclination, Matt Ritchie and Jacob Murphy, is to get forward. And um, they produced this on a day which you mentioned where really Alan San Maximum didn't have a major influence on the match. Um, and they produced it because they played. 15 to 20 yards higher up the pitch than they had been playing for the majority of the season. And that makes a phenomenal difference. Armadon, another guy with, with quick, for getting them up. But instead of having to launch attacks from in between the six-yard box and the edge of the penalty area in their own penalty area, they're launching attacks from midway inside their own half and pushing up towards a halfway line. They've got a much shorter length to go to have an impact at the other end of the field. And it, it was the significant change in tactics for me, which has is, which is proved um, to be decisive in recent results, which go sort of beyond Leicester. But Leicester was the icing on the cake. And you, yes, you can argue that Leicester at home are serious without a crowd. I mean, I think that's nine. They reach the, they've had at home. And they, yes, they lost Johnny Evans kick in the kick-in, which didn't help them at the back because Biden, Wilson ran riot with his pace and playing off the shoulder at the back. And Willick destroyed the other centre-half, nicking the ball off him for the first goal. And this wasn't Leicester. Leicester... The great Leicester side this season is the one that plays away, as we saw when they were then went to uh, Manchester United and won. Um, they are better playing away at home, but let's not split hairs with this Newcastle performance but because it's not often we can uh, revel in, in something that is uh, more than decent, something where they, Newcastle have played with pride. And they were, I mean, yes, Dubrovnik still played. Very, very well indeed. Um, but he is one of the star performers of the season. And, um, of course, Wilson's two goals in the second half was exactly uh, what Wilson is about. And Wilson at his best. Ironically, if it had happened the other way on, if you remember, um, when the game was not not, if it had been San Maximum passing the ball to Wilson rather than the other way on, Newcastle would have been 1-0 up way before they eventually went 1-0 up. Because um, Wilson just has that coolness in finishing and can dink the ball, can take it round the keeper. And thing. It looks like a centre-forward where a lot of other players snatch at opportunities. Uh, Willock apart, of course, because for a midfield player, he's got quite a... Is staggering uh, coolness about him, and for a 21-year-old, uh, the way he finishes is absolutely outstanding. But uh, yes, it was a wonderful performance and it's um, frustrating that we haven't been building on that all week instead of having to get into some of the negative uh, things we've had to talk about as a consequence. Because once Newcastle play Manchester City... They've got um, two very, very winnable games. Well, they're not just winnable, Sheffield United, uh, up here on Wednesday of next week and then Fulham away on the Sunday. Both those clubs are in the death rows, and quite frankly, there's six points waiting to be picked up there. Um, and so, you know, you could get quite optimistic about a very good end to the season uh, because of what's gone Uh, and what's to come after Manchester City. But instead of that, we're talking about all the failings of Newcastle off the park uh, instead, which is quite infuriating.
0: Mm. I mean, that fourth goal for for Newcastle, I didn't realise actually until um, Jacob Murphy mentioned it in in an interview yesterday, that every single player had a touch of the ball before Wilson um, put it in the back of the net, which was brilliant, doesn't often happen. And just on Wilson, the news that he's out for the rest of the season—massive blow because that probably means he won't get into the European Championship squad with England.
1: No, he, he wasn't going to. Is is that he
0: because wasn't. is that because you don't think he should be, or because Southgate doesn't intend to travel this far north? What's your view on that?
1: Well, well, I mean, I think he's got the total ability to be in, and you—he's he, got four England caps. Uh, he's scored for England, and you often wonder what might have happened with Callum Wilson if he'd been playing in more successful sides than Bournemouth in this current Newcastle United team. And, of course, if he'd been able to keep fit. And that's part of his problem, is that uh, what has held him back throughout his career has not been a lack of ability, a lack of sureness in finishing. Uh, He's got Both of those in abundance. Great pace off the shoulder in abundance. But he's just not fit enough, regularly enough, to get up a real head of steam. I mean, if he'd been able to play all season this season for us, instead of finishing with 12 goals, which we are quite thankful for. He could have had 14, 16, 18, and then you are really talking. But um, you know, you've you've got Harry Kane, etc., etc., and then you've got the Everton kid. Uh, and I, I just think they're stuttering in and out and in and out in that horrendous period when Newcastle went those 11 games with 9 defeats and Wilson wasn't scoring because he wasn't getting the sniff of the ball has just been a little too much for him to make uh, the Euros but um, he's certainly the best striker we have had since Bar I think without a shadow of a doubt.
0: It's just nice to have that confidence when a striker goes one on one with a the keeper that oh, he's going to score yeah. I mean I with Joe Linton, Dwight Gale, I don't feel confident that they're gonna they're gonna score over there one on one with the keeper. But with Wilson, and maybe sometimes it is blind faith. But I just think he's always gonna score when he gets that opportunity. And you saw as well when that final whistle went, he was I think he was a little bit frustrated that he didn't manage to to grab a third. I, I mean, I don't from memory think he had an opportunity to grab a hat but he he looked a bit frustrated at the end, and it was just um it, it it's interesting actually on that fourth goal. I think it is Callum Wilson that shouts uh, oh Mickey, I'm in when Mickey passes it back and it goes back to Dubravka and then they come back and from that passage yeah. you play they score the goal and I just love that that you know he's just always wanting to be on the ball and always wanting to to, to, to try and score goals which is brilliant and I'm always confident he's going to get them um,
1: when, when he's played through Andrew yeah. um, I mean whenever you watch quality strikers whenever you watch Shearer whenever you watch Supermax Whenever you watch Jackie Milburn, I know I'm going to the top of the number nine legends. I'm not trying to put Wilson in that category. But you could turn away when they broke through on goal because you knew it was going to hit the back of the net. Now, at Leicester, when he was put through like that, you could turn away because you know that there's ice running through his veins and Ned is not going to panic now, the other way on, the point I just mentioned early on when when Newcastle broke, but it was with Wilson on the ball, and he squared it if you remember to San Maximum. You knew San Maximum was going to hit the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper was given credit, Michael, for a very, very good save. But he shouldn't have been able to make a save. If that ball had been coming onto Wilson, he would have either hit the corners of the net or you would have dinked the keeper the way Beardsley had done. Um, it would have been a goal. But it's everyone to their own and you know that that's not San Maximum's strength. He's got... Marvelous strengths, and from the halfway line to the edge of the box, he'll create everything. He's a direct runner. He'll do so much for the team, but he is not a clinically cold finisher. Wilson is, and that's that's the difference. And that will be hugely missed in the next three games. There's absolutely no question of that, because if. Wilson's position goes to Joe Linton, uh, as I would expect it to on the way Bruce has picked players this season, then that's a, a, a huge downgrade on Wilson because as much as we can talk about Wilson being able to score goals and you can turn away when, when he's through one-on-one, you've you got as much certainty about Joe Linton in that situation, but the certainty is that he's not going to score.
0: It's almost like we planned it because that was going to be my next question leading on to Manchester City, who replaces Callum Wilson. But just before we do discuss that, just a quick remember reminder to please like and subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you get it through. Completely free to do. Just hit that subscribe button. It just means every time we upload a new episode, you'll get a notification to see what we have done. And also look out for the latest episode of Gibbo's Corner which is titled United Behind the Headlines. Some really interesting stories, which you've probably never heard before until you listen to the podcast about some. Um, yeah, just some legends of Newcastle. Joe Harvey's mentioned. We have um, Olivia Bernard, Lovne Robert's all in there. Um, a Press Room Bust Up. It's, it's a brilliant episode that me and John recorded a few weeks ago, and that's now live on our podcast channel. It's been well-received so far. So if you haven't listened to it, do have a little search for that pop the kettle on, make a brew and and enjoy that. John, on to Man City then. It looks a daunting game, but given no one's got really anything left to play for, Man City have won the the title now. We can hope that they'll come into this game with a bit of a hangover, but we know the way Pep sets his standards. So it's probably going to be just as a daunting task as it would be if they were battling anyway to to win the title.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to have any faint hope... It is going to be that they're not coming uh, up here on Friday night needing to win to clinch the title because if that was the situation, we would know exactly where we were. What we would hope for now, if you want to clutch its straws in the wind, is that uh, having done the double by winning the League Cup and the Premier League title... That they, their mind will be on completing the treble, which is the Champions League final, uh, rather than on the game uh, on Friday night. But to be truthful, um, Manchester City are a class above anybody in the Premier League this season. Yes, Chelsea have come on since the appointment of a new manager, and it's it become a bit of a jinx to them. Haven't knocked them out the FA Cup, uh, and then haven't beaten them again. Uh, just the other the other day. Um, but they are deservedly champions. They've been better over the full uh, Grand National course of the season than anyone else and quite frankly they've got players who cannot get into their first team on a regular basis who would walk into any other club side virtually in the Premier League certainly into our side um, so you can't yes we'll cling to maybe the minds will be on the Champions League final and beating Chelsea the last big hurdle of the season they've got to face and therefore maybe eye will be off the ball here But they're going to get a a God of honour, they're going to come out here to prove that they're justified being champions and it's going to be very difficult. There's absolutely no question uh, about that. Um, What we've got to do uh, having had a very uh, decent run recently is the players have got to retain their pride and retain our pride by all right, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. This is an exceptional side, but there's ways of losing, and the ways of losing isn't running up the white flag or being tremendously meek or deciding, well, we know we're going to lose, so what's the point in resisting? There is every point in resisting. There's pride, there's there's your your shown, your own ability, etc. No Newcastle fan will be critical if we fight from the first minute to the 90th minute, whatever the result is, because we are playing Man City. But if we put in a decent performance here, if we get something, it's a magnificent, unexpected uh, bonus, whether it's a draw or a win. But if we keep our pride and our dignity in this game, having had Leicester and the results that went before Leicester, we then, as I've already mentioned, go into two very, very winnable games to finish off the season with a bit of decency, having had such a turgid time in midwinter. So, you know, yes, let us above all else go out and put on a performance and not hide behind excuses the excuse being that man said you're just too good for us or we haven't got Callum Wilson or etc etc sorry none of that washes every team gets injuries Um, you know we hide behind these injuries but Harry Kane goes out it spurs Jack Grealish goes out at Aston Villa all Liverpool have suffered with a, a, a heck of a lot of injuries this season. It happens. It's the nature of a team game. And and you can't excuse what team has ever played. You know, Steve Bush has gone on, you know, if I can play my first 11, you know, we are It's all right. We will always be all right. What, does he think he can play his first 11 for 38 successive games in the Premier League? No, you can't, because injuries and suspensions will kick in. It's a squad game, not a team game. So let us keep our, our dignity. Let's put up a performance against Man City, and then let's move on, regardless of what the result is, win, lose, or draw, to two very winnable games. To a, with the crowd back at St. James's Park on Wednesday night, or some of them, and then Fulham with nothing riding on it now, thank goodness, to finish. So let's finish with a little bit of flourish after a, a season which has been grim uh, for a vast majority of it.
0: I think that's it, isn't it? There's no reason now to kind of sit back and fear Man City in a way. Just show show up and just play with a bit of freedom like you did against Leicester and just embrace it, really. You've got nothing to lose. You know, nothing's riding on it. So I think fans would rather see Newcastle try and take the game to Manchester, Manchester City a little bit more. Um, I, I do fear, though, Sergio Aguero obviously he's leaving Man City at the end of this season. He had the embarrassment of that penalty on the weekend in which they should have won the title. They were on the weekend, and then he's missed that penalty, and then end up losing to Chelsea. He loves yeah. scoring against Newcastle United. It'll be the final time he plays them probably in his career. I can honestly see him having just—you know—it's just one of those days where I can I, everything's just going to go against Newcastle in terms of Agüero, and he'll probably end up netting a hat trick or something.
1: <laughs> are you presuming he's going to start, like?
0: Are you? Well, I don't know. I pet my. Punish him actually for what happened. <laughs> you never know, but he does love a goal against Newcastle. He's always he's pro, I know I mention this quite often. I've got a player for nearly every team that I fear, but above anyone else it is Aguero because he just he's just clinical when it comes to Newcastle United. So it will be interesting to see if he does start. On Newcastle, John, you've said you think Joe Linton will replace Callum Wilson, but if you were the manager, who would you be choosing?
1: That that's it that's a great, great question because I certainly wouldn't choose uh, Joe Linton, but I I think he will be chosen by Steve Bruce because Steve Bruce has either uh, started him or brought him on as a sub. uh, Nine games out of ten throughout the two seasons Bruce has been up here, so I think he'll go with him again. The alternative is he either go with Gale, which I would be... um, tempted to do or you go with um, Andy Carroll as the last hurrah like you're going with Aguero and if you go with Aguero as his last hurrah before he leaves uh, Manchester City well I think it's apparent to everyone that uh, Andy Carroll is going to leave um, Newcastle at the end of this season Uh, so do you give him a little farewell Mm. if you do? Is it against Man City or is it the last game when there's a few fans in uh, uh, against Sheffield Wednesday next Wednesday? Uh, I think I I would go with Gale. Uh, I think he'll go with Joe Linton. I wouldn't argue if it was Andy Cavill having his his final farewell, but uh, that might come against Sheffield United.
0: In terms of the midfield, you're keeping Joe Willick in with Shelby in the middle. I mean, I can't really see the reason to make any changes other than if someone's picked up an injury through training or what have you, but... Uh, would you just pick the same team other than, of course, replacing oh, with, someone? Without
1: a shadow of doubt. I mean, I would have picked the same team with Callum Wilson being in that team and the same team has started it. Leicester. Why try something that's not broken? I mean, that was our best performance this season and probably, as you said, best performance in an awful longer time than that. Um, so, yes, uh, forgetting what I might feel about uh, Shelby and other situations long-term. Um, again, like Joe Linton is a uh, flavour of the month with the manager, So's Shelby, who has been made skipper by uh, Steve Bruce. There's no way that that, that Shelby's not going to play. I'm just very grateful that Joe Willock is because um, uh, he's been a breath of fresh air. um He's a midfield player who finishes like a a forward and uh, he's done terrific. He's only 21 and he's been an absolute joy. Um, He will be a a massive backup for us in terms of goal scoring threat uh, on Friday night when we haven't got. Callum Wilson. Without Callum Wilson he's our second top goal scorer in the Premier League which is quite incredible when he's only been here since the last day of January um, but that is the way it is. His five goals make him second top goal scorer mm. in the Premier League for Newcastle this season and he's been here half as long as anyone else and um, Sure, so it'll be interesting. I'm not expecting uh, anything particularly against Manchester City, apart from a darned good attitude and a resilience to have a real go and not play with fear because fear got us in a mess and being positive got us out the mess. So surely we've, uh, we've learned that lesson I will reiterate again when this is all over, please not, do not anyone be smug because Newcastle United have survived and not gone down. That is as low a bar as you can have for a club of this side. We shouldn't be grateful or we shouldn't pat each other on the back for Newcastle United not being relegated. But let's get to the finish first and let's get there with two wins next week. And a good performance against Manchester City.
0: What's the score going to be then?
1: We lose um, <laughs> because without Wilson, who who will score apart from Willick, and can we expect Willick to score yet again after scoring four games on the bounce uh, when he's a midfielder? Um, isn't it wonderful if we could? Uh, but without without uh, Callum Wilson and perhaps Joe Linton uh, firing Blanks, Um, I think we'll lose 2-0, but um, let's let's lose with great dignity because it's possible to do that against a side like Manchester City. And that's what we've got to do. Um, And we're capable of doing that. Um, So let's do that, and let's be positive about it because... There isn't a fear factor. We're not going to go into the final two games of the season having to win them both to stay up. We're secure now. Uh, but it it is unfortunate after Leicester that the next game is Man City because it is very hard to forecast anything bar Man City win because they stand as a class on their own this season.
0: Well, there we have it, John. We appreciate you joining us on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. You guys are listening. Please remember to like and subscribe and enjoy the rest of your week.